Good morning. This is Jim Colburn of Commodity Research Group. I'm with Andy LeBeau, also of Commodity Research Group, and we're here with another edition of Energy Markets. To learn more about us, you can check out our website, commodityresearchgroup.com, where we post our podcasts and blog. We would like to thank our friends at EKT Interactive Oil and Gas Training for hosting this podcast. Check out their newsletters, podcasts, and learning modules at ektinteractive.com. This podcast should be construed as market commentary, merely observing economic, political, and market conditions, and is not intended to refer to or endorse any particular trading system, strategy, or recommendation. We are not responsible for trading decisions taken by anyone. Information is not guaranteed to be accurate. This is not an offer to buy or sell any derivative. Today is July 10th. Andy, it's been another month. How's it going? It's going good, Jim. How are you doing? I'm doing good, thanks. Um, as I always say, there's a lot of stuff happened. Let's, let's get right into this. Um, earlier this week and earlier this morning, uh, we saw the release of the IEA and the EIA's uh, monthly oil reports. And they, um, in those both reports, they said they misestimated demand and it was a little higher in that second quarter than, uh, than they thought. Why don't you give us a little rundown of what, what you saw coming out of those reports? Well, I thought the um, IEA report was, I don't know, I don't know if one can characterize it as uh, neutral to bearish or neutral to bullish, depending on your, uh, depending on your point of view. Or your position. Uh, yeah. yeah. Could go up or could go down. But I thought that, yeah, what, what they did was that the second quarter, as you mentioned, was not as dire as uh, what they had initially led us to believe. And as a result, they um, upgraded demand for second quarter by over a million barrels a day. I think it was 1.4. If, if I'm, I, I think that was the, the number. And that made the rest of the year, obviously, uh, a lot higher. Uh, they increased third and fourth quarter a little, and uh, relative and in 21, they relative to 20, they um, lowered demand, but they still said that 21, the 2021 demand is is going to be two million barrels a day below where 2019 was. So still a, a long way to get to uh, any type of growth in demand. Personally, I, I, I thought those numbers are, are still too high. You know, the second quarter, yeah, I, I, I think you can make a case that it wasn't quite as bad as, as what the uh, IEA is saying, but they still are, are pretty op relatively optimistic for, uh, you know, for the second half of this year and into, uh, into the first half. So, Jim, our numbers, the CRG numbers, are, uh, are lower than uh, where the IEA has by a uh, pretty good amount. I mean, we're, we're like a million barrels a day, at least lower than, uh, than where the IEA is. Well, um, million barrel revisions aren't what they used to be in, in this market. I mean, we're throwing million barrels around like it's nothing because it's a these markets we've never seen before are very crazy. But I'm wondering if um, are you... Would, would would you might is it possible that you might be biased being in the U.S. and hearing news about say the Sun Belt, you know, increasing cases, COVID cases, lockdowns, things like that, where these other the IEA maybe maybe having more of a worldview and seeing that you know Asia's really 
the 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 original uh, COVID centers are, are actually doing quite well. Think about Italy, uh, China, other other Asia, and uh, Europe is is doing pretty good. I mean, do you, do you think there's a bias there? Or, or yeah, there there could there could be somewhat of a bias, but you're still looking at uh, three big consuming countries that are that are struggling: the U.S., Brazil, uh, India too. You know are you know, we're having issues, and certainly uh, Latin America, South America. So it's not it's not clear that we're going to. Yeah, China China demand has uh, has increased, but again, you know, you look at where where is the demand increased? At least product wise, gasoline demand has has been pretty robust, relatively robust. Diesel globally is is a really big issue. And Jed, as the IEA mentioned, this is going to be a uh, continuing problem. So, how are we going to get diesel going? Right, that that a lot. That's trade. That's going to be trade oriented. And uh, I think we're a long way from uh, rebuilding the, um, you know, rebuilding these distribution chains and uh, rebuilding the global economy. I mean, we know where uh, the. I think the IMF. What was their number? Down five percent this year. For, uh, yeah, for my, GDP. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure what the latest number is. Something like that. Yeah, yeah four to five, four to five percent. Right. With, uh, you know, a, a long way to go. So yeah, I think there's definitely some bias, but you know, we we I, there are still some serious global issues. So you know, I'm, I I uh, I think I'm still in kindergarten because I learn more from looking at pictures than I do from reading stuff. And the IEA and the EIA have a, a beautiful beautiful chart with their supply demand. Uh, balances, I, I put it in our, our blog. But if you look at that thing, you know, we, we've got, they're looking for draws going out to the end of 2021. And the IEA has bigger draws in Q4 this year than Q3. So you look at, especially the IEA, it's like, you know, it's hard to get bearish on this market or, you know, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I saw a headline said from minus 40 to plus 150 in terms of prices. Now, I'm not going to go there, but they're saying is, is this, is this, uh, what's in, what's, what do you think is in the market? And I know that's kind of a crazy question given what's going yeah, on. Yeah, that's a tough question. I, I, I do agree with the IEA and the EIA that we are going to see stock draws in the, in the third and the quor- fourth quarter. And that should, you know, again, it, it's the extent of the stock draws, which is is going to be on uh, is going to be on demand, and you know, we'll talk about supply, obviously. But uh, I think the IEA is is somewhere in the fives, five million barrel a day draw. We are closer to three, but a draw is is you know that's not bearish, right? As you, as you mentioned, it's not bearish. Unfortunately, it's it's drawing inventory from. Uh, you know, from a really from a very high level, you know, you look at the IEA numbers for the first half, and you can see in those same pictures what the builds were. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and I think the I think the EIA was talking about 1.4 billion barrels being built in the first half. That's EIA. I don't think it was that much. Yeah. Uh, but nevertheless, you know, you're drawing from a from uh, a really high level. So I think it's not bearish. It, it's bullish, but how bullish, you know, is it going to be, you know, and I think that's what the market's trying to grapple with uh, right now. And, uh, and, you know, we'll talk about supply inventories 
are, um, you know, still clearly high, but they have, you know, they're in better shape given if you look at the curves, right? If you look right. at the, the curves, the TI curves and the um, Brent curves are certainly no longer big contango. They've flattened out. So, uh, you know, I guess that's indicative that, that you know, stocks are, are beginning to, you know, are drawing. Right. And we, um, I think they point out that uh, floating storage is coming down and maybe that's why. Is, is, is the June uh, buildup in, in um, inventories in the U.S. what you were expecting? Can't remember what you were saying. I think. Yeah, uh, yeah. That, that was that was pretty much as we uh, expected. You know, the um, again, diesel is distillates are are at a thirty eight year high, right? Uh, and that's you know that's like the big, the, the big pro- the, a major problem for the market. Gasoline is is okay. You know, it's long. Crude is long, but the the EIA has a big draw in crude for um you know for the third quarter actually right uh they have a um it's pretty interesting they they have a 50 million barrel draw from june to september uh which you know that would be that would be supportive yeah and that's and what was that that some of that's uh oil production going down yeah, they have, well, oil, what they, they have runs, and this I disagree uh, with too, you know, they have runs going, uh, in June, it was 13.8. In July, they say it's going to be 14.8. And in August, 15.5 and September, 15.6. So you got a big jump up in runs, hence the draw, you know, crude runs. Are we going to go that high with margin, you know, margins are, uh, or be, are not you know they're improving but relative to history they're horrible mm. so, so i i don't i don't think those numbers are going to be right either from the uh that's this from the eia i guess yeah. i'm pretty skeptical this, this well <laughs> yes and that let's um you you put out for for a crg you put out a monthly um report on commodities and um you talked about the narrow range of prices right. that oil right. is in, right? So, so it sounds to me like you are thinking we go down to the I mean, bottom end of that range, or we break out on the downside. I mean, yeah, I don't know if it's going to be a breakout. I'm a little, I'm a little bit bearish, but you know, as you mentioned, Jim, it, with a with a stock draw coming ahead, you know, as we right. know in the second half, um, inventories are going to draw. We think. You know, it's hard to get really bearish. Right. You know? And I think, right. you, you know, as you mentioned, we're in a narrow range. It's tough to make a big bet here. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. And volumes, I guess, are, you know, we could talk about, um, you know, where we are in volumes, but the, you know, the market is, is struggling here on the volume side. Yeah. Um, I look at the options volume and for June, it traded around 97,000 lots a day, which is, which is a little bit better than May, but that compares with a, a year to date of 145,000. And it's, uh, you know, it's more than half of the 204,000 a day in March, right? So, so it's almost like uh, the market stopped uh, trading and 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 vols have come down from their crazy levels back in April, um, which I 
I haven't really gone that back to examine too closely. I still have a little PTSD from that <laughs> period. It was like, you know, we're getting six vowel numbers up to like 600. I mean, what is going on here? Right. But, um, so we, we've gone just, just an example. We're in the, we're in the low forties now for the, uh, front two months in implied vowel. And the actual trading range or the, the historical vowel, realized vowel is around 35. So, so implied is about seven over. And, and that's not a real stable relationship. I mean, they, 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 cr they continually cross each other. But back on May 18th, the implied vowel was around 64. Historical vowel was like 136. So it was like 72 over, realized historical vowel over implied. So, you know, it just tells you that this, you're, you're, uh, the, the trading ranges have gotten way low compared to where they were. Just look at a chart and it's showing up with implied vowel, but you know, implied vowel is still above its long-term average of around 33%. So, so, so I guess my question is, are we in some sort of an eye of a hurricane where we're going to come out and see, you know, vowel go up out of here or you see us continuing along the way where this, this narrow range uh, going forward. Well, right now, I think you'd have to say that it's going to just um, continue into a, into a range for a bit, you know, or there's a time that, you know, would you, would you place a really big bet here? No, it's a tough, it's a, you know, it's a tough time to place a bet. Obviously, you know, if there, if this virus does get worse and there are, you know, more, if there are more global lockdowns, you know, that's, that's a big change. Uh, if the economy can't get, can't begin to improve that, that could be a, uh, that could be a, a change. And the supply side, you know, there, there could, there are, you know, there are some big numbers out there. Uh, Libya being the, you know, which the IEA highlighted, you know, Libya being a, a big one going from like zero to possibly um, a million barrels a day by the, by the end of the year. Right. And, you know, the, uh, the OPEC plus, um, you know, they're going to, they're going to increase production by 2 million barrels a day beginning August 1st, according to their deal. Uh, it looks like they're meeting on July 15th. You know, how yeah. is that going to, yeah. You know, are they all, they, they've been awesome on compliance, except for Iraq and Nigeria and, uh, the Saudis threatened them. Uh, with with uh, going for another price war, I don't, I don't know why they bring that up again, Jim. Yeah. You know, since that was so successful today, <laughs> last time, last time they pulled that. Well, I love the way the press call they they call them laggards now. When we got into the business, they were referred to as cheaters. So yeah, so right. we have a much softer uh, tone. But um, yeah, OPEC Plus seems like they're in lockdown, and um, you know how. Uh, just like just like human beings, we, we're chomping at the bit to get out of the house and, and go somewhere. And uh, you know, once once you stop the lockdown, it's it's for for people. I think it's really hard to get them back in the houses. Yeah. And yeah, OPEC, I think, I think it might, might be the same way. You add you know two million barrels. You say two million barrels, and it might say it, it, they might say, okay, you're free to produce. And um, but it's a. It, well, it's not just OPEC. It's the you know the Russians. Where they you know they right. have been, you know OPEC one plus. of the, one of the huge surprises I think of of uh, you know of the of the first half of the year of the many of the many Jim right the many yes. big surprises including the number one surprise of oil going negative to me was the Russians 
going down that quickly to 2 million barrels, you know, down 2 million barrels a day and staying there. Yeah. And you talk about chomping at the bit. Well, yes. Know, we'll see where they, you know, where they come out. And um, take us through U.S. oil production. Now we hear they're looking to increase again. Uh, what, what are you seeing? That, I mean, what are you seeing? That's a, that is a, um, yeah, the, the EIA in the, in the short-term energy outlook actually has, you know, they had June production around 11 million barrels a day. They've got July up to 11.4 and August up to 11.3. Uh, September 11.2, and then Oknovi and these right around 11.1. So, you know, production's been cut earlier, has been cut from 12.7, 12.8 to uh, 10 to 11. So we're down, we're down 1.7, and then they've got us kind of inching up. And uh, next year, they basically threw their hands up and said production's going to be 11 million barrels a day every single month. So, <laughs> no, they, they did increase it in, the, in November and December, but yeah. I think they're, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's tough. I mean, these are, these are, these are uh, tough numbers, but it, it does look like given where, you know, given where the market is back to the 40s, there have been announcements of, of uh, production cuts, production increases, I'm sorry. Uh, I think that uh, they may be right on the third quarter we may see, may see a slight uh a slight increase and uh, fourth quarter coming down the, the big question is you know is the increase going to be more or less than what the depletion you know depletion from lower uh, rig counts are right and that's kind of a, a tricky um you know that's a tricky number i think these numbers though jim are a little bit higher than than what a lot of people were saying back in you know when the world was ending in march and april right you know, so that, that I guess is, that's good. And we'll see what happens in the Bakken where the, yeah. their production, oh man, they, they were, they were cranking away. At, they were cranking it out at 1.4 million barrels a day, a big, a big comeback or last year and early this. And then it just went to, it just went to pot. I mean, down, uh, I think they were down under a million barrels a day in March and April on the way on the way back up before they got this um, court ruling from, um, was it the appellate court that, that made that ruling? Yeah, I forget. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But it's, um, that's, that's a 570,000 barrel day pipeline that's uh, going to be out of commission, right? Well, energy transfer is, is still taking nominations for August. So they're not, they, they were told to, to shut it down on August 5th, but uh, that, that's getting appealed. So that, that's still, for now, it's still operating and it's probably, you know, something around 500,000 barrels a day, give or take. Could be, uh, I'm not exactly sure what the last, the, the latest throughput is. That's, that's pretty big volume and uh, it's not going to be made up that quickly if the, if, the Dakota access is shut down. And if it is shut down, some of that oil gets out by truck and by rail, right? Is it? Yeah. That's what happens. Yeah. Right? There'll be some, I, I think there's about a hundred thousand barrels a day of uh, pipeline capacity and other pipelines. And maybe, you know, maybe the trucks and rail can get another 300, maybe, maybe, probably less than that. 
Um, so, you know, it leaves like 200,000 barrels a day stranded. And that's all, you know, that, that's all mid-continent, those are mid-continent barrels. The, the terminus on this is Flanagan, and then it's shipped, you know, shipped elsewhere. Amazing. I, I guess we saw in the news that um, Warren Buffett bought some pipelines, and uh, it's, it's becoming like real estate. They just don't make it anymore, right? Yeah. Yeah, there was a, a natural gas pipeline that, that um, project that, that got scotched because um, the, you know, the, the companies, the costs of, of fighting, you know, finding their opponents to build these pipelines had just ballooned. Yeah. Don't, don't get me going. I live in New York. Yeah, yeah I know. I know. We have uh, people who work really hard to keep the pipelines out, which is their prerogative. But the same people will complain when natural gas prices spike in the wintertime, which is kind of hard for me to don't, – don't get me going. I know. Well, <laughs> well you know, I think the, the – it's pretty basic that pipelines are the most efficient way of transport and probably the safest. Right. You know, we, we all can remember that, that terrible uh, tragedy in Quebec where, you know, I think, I think 90 people were killed when a, a rail car, yeah. uh, you know, what it was um, where a rail car exploded, right. a rail car filled with crude yes. uh, exploded, you know, so you, um, you, you talked about product demand and margins. You, you think refiners, I mean, I, I guess, uh, you know, I guess what I'm trying to get to is we, we used to think that um, a good way to hedge oil uh, prices was to maybe, you know, we always think about selling forward or buying puts or something like that for producers. But if you're an integrated oil company, you know, perhaps a better way is focus on becoming a low-cost producer and keeping your uh, balance sheet in good shape. So this, this virus um, has kind of blew that apart where th there seems to be existential risk in some of these uh, companies going forward. So do, do you see, I guess what I'm getting to is, do you see a bright spot in the energy areas, say, like, I guess I'm saying, would you rather be a owner of a refiner? Would you rather be a producer, a pipeline? You know, what, what part of the, the upstream, downstream do you think is going to be uh, doing better going forward? That is an excellent question, Jim. And I, I think that, you know, as we start working off these, these inventories, uh, we certainly haven't we start working off these inventories, margins are ultimately going to improve. However, what it's going to take for these margins to improve is rationalization on, on refinery capacity. And uh, Europe is going to have to lose some, uh, some refineries. So if you don't own those refineries in Europe that have to go under, I mean, they have to, uh, because there's still there's still increased refinery capacity coming out in big projects in, uh, in Asia. So uh, once these European refineries are mothballed, uh, I, I think margins are going, to be, are going to be all right. On the midstream, 
you know, again, that's, that's going to probably take some higher production, which we know is, is U.S. production, which, which we think is, is going to come. Uh, natural gas demand has to improve on the, on the natural gas side for, uh, for midstream. But, mm-hmm. but that should, you know, that, that should improve. And um, upstream, we're clearly not making, you know, we, we've canceled billions of dollars of, uh, of projects. So, so one would think that, uh, you know, upstream is going to, um, you know, we'll have it, it stay in the sun again. It just may be, you know, maybe a couple of years hence. So, um, you know, I guess if I, if I had to rank them, I'm not going to. <laughs> well, we, there's also there's also plastics out there, HGLs and things. Well, like. there is, there is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. unfortunately, you know, the, the, there's too much capacity right now. Yeah, uh, there's too much capacity globally. Right. Uh, and certainly the um, uh, the overall the overall world environment and and the move towards um, sustainable um, production and um, you know the, the 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 ESG ESG movement and mm-hmm. uh, everything else is is not I guess it's not particularly move to electric vehicles also not particularly that constructive for the petroleum industry but the petroleum you know for the fossil fuel industry but I, I don't I don't think we we need to strike a death knell for it I think I think there's still some good years ahead right and the companies are preparing for it. Yeah, they are. That's right. That's right. They're changing their logos. Yeah, they're changing their, 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 their <laughs> well, they're changing their focus. Yeah, you, know, you look at some of these European companies, you know, Total's been all over the Shell's been all over it. Yes. Exxon, BP, they're all, you know, they know what's coming. They're moving that direction for sure. Yeah, yeah the majors are moving the right, yeah, they're moving in, they're moving in that direction. So, Andy, um, I want to get a price range going forward your choice, WTI or Brent or both? What do you think? I think, I think for the, the month, it's still WTI is going to have a hard, you know, there, there are a lot of headwinds. So um, do, I, do I think it could get, you know, back to the mid 40s? Yeah, on a reach it could. I, I prefer it under, you know, I think more likely, I think in the, in the you know, 35 to 40 range than the 40 to 45 range. That's a big 45, 35 range. That's, you know, that's, that's probably right. And for Brent, you know, we could just stay at a couple of dollars there. Now the big, now here's the question, Jim. So we look at this range, right? Yep. And you've got vols higher than, you know, applied vols higher than normal. Yep. No. Sell. No. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I listen. I I will. I trade markets, not not in a big way, but I my favorite entry place when I'm as a listen. I'm talking as a really small speculator is I like to buy options, and it's a lot of these markets, even though they've come somewhat back to normal, their offer spreads are still kind of wide. I mean, I'm not talking so much about oil, but some of the other like metals and things like that, and um, you know, so but. Back to oil. If you have a trading range, you want to, you, you do want to be selling options. But um, listen, I, I, it's not the way I like to approach a market um, as a speculator. That's that's been my view. I've had people come up to me over the years and say how much money I save them from 
mainly from the Salatini, Lujerwini idea, but, but still, the idea is don't get too enamored. The other thing I'd say is we tend to get more comfortable selling uh, VAW once we see a narrow range show up on the charts. So you, we've seen a month or so of the market kind of moving up to, upwards to sideways. And um, you know the, the range, as the range uh, gets better defined, uh, in my experience, it's a, it, it looks more comfortable to sell, and, and yet you're getting closer to that particular market becoming its, uh, becoming a commodity, which means it'll, uh, it'll move around more than you think. So that's, you know, just my view. Well, for our listeners, the question I was about to ask. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, that's all right. I mean, he knows what the question was. Would you sell strangles here or sell, you know, sell, sell vol? And he, he knew that was, that's exactly yeah. where I was yeah. going with that. Oh, I know. knew the answer as we've been working together for a long, long time. So I, know, I knew exactly where he was going. And I think that's, you know, that's, that's great advice. Yeah. Never say never, but it's, um, you know, you, you don't want to make that the, the main sort of cornerstone of your trading portfolio. I, I don't think. I think it's just you're, you're, you, once you start doing that, you hear the, uh, the time bomb ticking. And as we've seen it year in, year out. And, and you know, the, my other pet peeve, Andy, is, uh, you know, don't call it normal. <laughs> and we're not going back to it. We're not going back to an old normal. We're not there because there was no normal. There's no new normal. There's no old normal. Stop it with the normal. Yeah, I, you mean, we're not going to revert to the mean, whatever the mean is. Yeah, you tell. Yeah, we, you know, the market will stay away from the mean as long as you, you know, feel like it can go to the mean. And then once you feel it can't go to the mean, it'll go to the mean. So, oh, there's yeah. no question. Yeah, it's, yeah, the, the, this that that's those, been proven over, you know, as long as this thing's been trading. Yeah, yeah. So. As long as markets have been trading. I'm sure there's people out there that are make money trading on rever- mean reversion. Oh, ideas. sure. I just yeah, haven't met, met any of them. Yeah, me either. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're start, we, we don't want this to deteriorate into a, you know, a, session, a bull session. But anyway, anything else you want to add to this uh, podcast? No, I think, that, I think, you know, along the lines of selling um, – selling file there's still a lot as we head into the you know i think it'll be range bound but you know there, there's still a lot of a lot of hurdles to uh, go and you know things things as we've learned you know can change pretty rapidly we'll see what uh, opec plus has for us on on the uh on the 15th i think that's going to be uh that's going to be important and then all the you know all the all the economic data that, that continues to come out and whether congress has another you know whether there's still more, more out of uh, out of Congress in terms of stim. Not only Congress globally, whether there's more you know stimulus still to still to come. I think that's you know that's going to be important and um, more trillions. Yeah, whether we're going to see more trillions coming out of yeah. uh, U.S. and elsewhere and right. elsewhere. Yeah, the whole, the whole world. Uh, yeah, the whole the whole world. I think I was I was reading that uh, total stimulus stimuli has been 15 trillion globally yeah that's that'll explain 
stock market, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Right. Yeah, I think um, it's quite possible that in 2008, the, the Fed was pumping reserves into banks and they were just sitting there. And this time, we're getting fiscal help putting money into uh, bank accounts. So it's like in, in the hands of the people. So their checking, checking accounts are showing huge increases. So both, both are stimulative, but th- this time it seems like it's, it's more effective with people that it's in the hands of people that actually need it. Because you, you give money to a bank, they have to lend it out. If there's no one there, to, if everybody's scared, no one's going to take you up on a low interest rate. They're, they're pushing on a string idea. But if you put it into people's bank, bank accounts who aren't working, you know, they're going to they're gonna use it. And, um, you know, the, the, the problem is you need to keep, you need more trillions. And, and um, I looked at uh, World War II. We're still not up to World War II yet in terms of percent of GDP in debt. You know, we're, we're heading in that direction. But, you know, if you kind of, I don't know, it, you kind of look at this thing as, a, as a, a war that we're in, hopefully next year at this time, will be, you know, on the upside and not on the downside. So it's hard to feel that way when you're living through it. But, right, um, right. Well, that, that's the other thing, you know, well, the, the progress on uh, vaccines and treatments, you know, is another key component. Yeah, well, I think we said in one of these podcasts that more important than supply demand numbers and economic numbers is oil is what, what Fauci was saying. You know, where are we in the development of vaccines and treatments? And, um, and I, so I guess now, the, um, like you said, the oil market, it's, it's work. You, you can get an, uh, an economic number that drives the oil market up and down. So it's kind of it's got a little correlation to the to the stock market as well, which is uh, we saw that big in in two thousand eight, two thousand nine as well. So, what kind of indicator do you want to see first, Andy? What's your top indicator now for just to tell you about the oil market? Well, for for diesel, uh, obviously any kind of manufacturing data that, that and they have been pretty good. Yeah, uh, the, the, you know it's coming in. Uh, it's coming in a lot higher, and uh, the jobs number for gasoline is is critical, obviously, because people don't have jobs; they can't drive to the drive to it and can't spend, the, the, et cetera, et cetera. So right. those are you know those are those are really big numbers. Um, I think you know we'll see where miles traveled comes in as well, but um, you know that tends to be a lagging indicator. But, uh, you know, I'd say on, on man, you know, manufacturing and, and uh, trade for, for diesel. And diesel, you know, distillates and, you know, we're in, we're in, you know, major, major oversupply. Although what's been surprising is that the, uh, the curve has been kind of, has been tighter than what you would, what you would think. So uh, tough, to, tough to explain that one. All right. Let's uh, wrap it up. Anything else, Andy? Let's see. You can you can find our uh, monthly report on the podcast on our um, website. That's so a great you, report. Uh, I read that because it's so succinct. Thank you, Jim. Yeah, uh, that is on uh, commodityresearch.com, commodityresearchgroup.com. Sorry, and uh, you could get a hold of us. You could just. Get a hold of me, A Lebo, A L E B O W, 
at commodityresearchgroup.com and I'll make sure that Jim gets any messages or questions you have on, uh, on options. Okay. Thanks, Andy. We'll uh, talk to you next month. All right. Thanks, Jim.